Good evening. It's Charlotte here from Enriching Environments. It's so great to see you all this evening. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you all for joining. This is my first ever Instagram Live. So I am feeling a mixture of huge excitement and um, uh, nerves as well. So we're gonna see how this goes and I really hope you're gonna give me lots of feedback afterwards to let me know how we've got on and what value you've taken from today's session. So today is Top Tip Tuesday. Um, and as I said, this is the first time that I've done Top Tip Tuesday in this format. What I'm going to talk about today is a, I guess it's a Montessori motto, which um, is spoken from the perspective of a child, which is help me to do it by myself. And this basically means that we create an environment for our children, which allows them to grow into capable human beings because they have an intrinsic need. Every child all around the world has an intrinsic need to um, do things for themselves, to learn new skills. And this is an inner guidance system. Um, every child learns with all five, of their, all five of their senses during the first six years of life. And so this learning is um, uh, automatic, unconscious, that's the word I mean, is learning is unconscious. So what we want to do is make the most of that learning period. So help me to do it by myself is um, what we're going to talk about today. This means that we are going to give our children everything they need at their fingertips to grow into capable human beings. And so why is this important? This is important on two levels. And um, one level is on an individual level, because when we have children who are um, capable human beings who are confident in their skills within their family unit. Um, hello everyone who's just joined. We're just talking about why Help Me um, to do it by myself is so important and we're talking about on an individual level, on a family level, this is really important because children who can do things for themselves, who uh, can learn things at their own pace, these are children who are more content. This, being able to master their own skills at their own pace, removes a layer of frustration. Of course, there's always going to be frustration um, with uh, young children, but there's this removes a layer of um, frustration. And on a big global scale, a huge scale, a much, much bigger scale rather than just on our family um, environment. When we have capable children who feel self-directed and capable at a very, very young age, then they grow into humans who, um, into adults who are capable and are confident. And when we all feel confident, we want to raise others up. We want to empower others. And I think in these times when we're talking a lot about 
elevating consciousness and uplifting um, other humans and empowering other humans and particularly at this time at the moment um, uh, empowering people giving our littlest children the skills that they need in order to um, rise up just seems more important more important than ever so this is why this is my passion because creating an enriching environment where children can grow into their full potential just seems so um, what's the word? It seems so important at the moment. And what's really, really exciting is the smallest thing, like giving our child, I don't know, a jug of water and glasses so they could pour their own glass of water. This is a tiny, tiny step, but then grows into bigger things and more confidence and more capability. And these children then have their intrinsic sense of Self from such a young age that they can't help as they grow. They can't help but want to empower others and they want other people to feel that they're the way that they're feeling, which is empowered and uplifting others. Um, I see it as like um, lots and lots of little keys. Um, and through these little keys, that's how we unlock children's potential, our own potential. And wouldn't it be beautiful if we can do this in early childhood? Um, even before a child before a child is born we can start to unlock all these little keys for them so that they grow into the person who um, who they're meant to be so moving on um, I've had a couple of really good questions since um, I started promoting this live and one of them was so where do I start with um, creating an enriching environment? Um, there are so there's so much information. Where do I actually start? And my answer to that is just start where you are. Whether your child is um, still in utero, or your child is three, or your child is six, it doesn't matter. Just start where you are. There's a reason that you have come to this moment in time to this path. Um, in your path of learning and your journey in your life. So we don't need to worry about your path to get here or what happened beforehand. This is where you are now. And the best way I can describe to start to look at um, this from the perspective of an enriching environment for your child, making everything really, really child-led, is the first thing to do is sit on the floor so you're at the same height as your child. So you see exactly what is in your child's eye line and that's a really good place to start because then you can really see what your child is seeing is your child seeing a giant's world where everything that they want is out of reach or are they seeing um things that are in the within their fingertips are they seeing things at their at their height that are interesting to them that they can touch that they can work with, that they can manipulate. So um, that's the first thing to do. So if you have a toddler or a three or four year old, sit down on the floor. If you've got a baby, you're gonna need to lie down on the floor because that's they're not yet walking and that's what they can see. And that's just a really interesting thing to do um, because when you're lying on the floor, obviously you're gonna see the dust under all of the furniture. Um, but 
equally this is such a great um, activity to think okay what what actually is there in my environment what is there in my home and my child is going to be on the floor wriggling around or learning to crawl um, what can they actually see that's interesting to them what's enriching to to them and um, how can they feel included in this family how can they feel really included and part of and a valuable member of this family and this little community this mini community that is our home um, so for uh, a toddler, um, once a child is walking, things get really interesting because then their hands are free to work. And um, that's uh, a line that I, that I used for one of my uh, followers who I worked with for um, lots of, uh, uh, for many years now. And that's one of the first things I said to her and she thought I was a complete lunatic, I think, when I first said that, said that to her. Um, and I have fond memories of first saying that to her. So yeah, when a child um, starts to walk, then they have both their hands free to work. So then you can do really, really exciting things. So they can start pouring their own water and um, and doing thing and doing things like that. They can go and get a tissue from the tissue box and look in the mirror and wipe their nose and all and all of those things. And as I said, these are really, really tiny things in the environment that seem of such little importance to us as adults because we do them habitually we do them even unconsciously but to a child they make such a huge 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 difference so the answer to the question is where do I start so sit on the floor and see what your child can see and you're going to look around your room and you're going to think okay what shelf can I designate to something really really simple um so um that is fulfilling their basic needs think about just fulfilling their basic needs so so they can pour a glass of water so that they can blow their nose so as i mentioned before it's um a jug of water and some glasses a box of tissues and a mirror just add those four things to start with so they can fulfill their basic needs um then my second suggestion would be um few items that they can um, work within their environment and by work I mean they can have a spray bottle of water and a cloth so that they can wipe the floor if they make a spill they spill their water they're going to want to wipe it up so that they can wipe the floor or the shelf a dustpan and brush um, a little feather duster if you have one um, a small mop and a small broom so all of these things is what you probably have already in your home. Most people have got a dustpan and brush, right? Most people have got some cloths that you can use to put in a basket so that your child can, can wipe up a spill. Um, so this is, um, these are the very, very beginnings of an, uh, of, a, of an enriching environment and something that we can set up to give our child basic capability skills and confidence which builds and builds and builds and builds and then the third thing I'd say you could add would be um, uh, a shelf or a little cupboard in your kitchen where they can prepare their own snack so a little chopping board and a child sized knife that's all you need to do to start with um, and just again to give them that sense of power in their world um, this becomes really important in the toddler age actually because as I'm, I'm sure you know uh, those of you who have toddlers they really want to have um, 
they really have a need to feel power over their world. Our children are very, very passive and we have to micromanage them, as it were, for their own safety. And we have to go to the supermarket and we have to take them to all these other things. We have all this, these things going on in the adult world that they don't necessarily want to do, but they have to do anyway because they're children and they've got to come along with us. So what happens is um, frustration can build up, but when they're in their home environment, if we can give them control over a few simple things that really really helps them to remove a layer of frustration and helps them feel empowered and helps them um, have control over their world you know we all want to have control over our world we don't none of us like being pushed from pillar to post and being micromanaged the whole time and it's the same for children and they don't have a choice either so this is really really um, valuable to help them feel more in control of their environment and um, help them become more self-directed as well. Um, oh, oh yes, the second question, just looking at my notes, is um, my child is, is now three and I've missed, um, hello to everyone who just joined, um, my child is three, so you know, surely I'm too late. I'm three years into this parenting journey. You know, uh, what what on, earth, what on earth do I what on earth do I do? How do I approach this? Because um, I've only just come to it. And my answer uh, to that would be, well, it's fantastic to be coming into this as a three-year-old, because um, your child is verbal. You're probably your child is pretty fluent now. So the great thing is, is that your three-year-old child will actually be telling you very, very clearly what they need. There's, there's no more guesswork like there is between for a one and a two-year-old, for example. Your, your three-year-old will be telling you very, very clearly um, what they need, uh, where their needs are, what they want to do, and they will be very vociferous, I would imagine, on occasions on what they want to do. So our um, role at, that, at this stage for, for the older child is where, as they say very clearly, they want to do something and they will protest very loudly if you, if you don't let them do it. And our role, as what I see, is how can we make that accessible then? How, they, how can they do what they need to do um, in a safe way um, or in a way that works for them? Where, how can we meet them where they are? So. Let's use the example of, of getting dressed. Um, my son is, is just turned three last month and he is fully into getting dressed for himself, um, getting changed maybe eight, ten times a day. And it's funny because I know that's this is a stage around a three-year-old uh, that they have this intense need to, to get changed a lot and change their clothes and the, the putting shoes on and off and socks on and off and all this thing. What's... Um, Really, really funny is I thought this was going to be a, sh a short stage, but my daughter, who's almost five and a half, is still getting changed ten times a day and producing huge amounts of washing. But it's all it's all part of the fun, isn't it? So let's use the example, as I said, of a three-year-old who really, really wants to get dressed for themselves. So um, we can start by the physical environment, and as I said, sit on the floor, look in their bedroom or wherever it is you have their wardrobe. Is their wardrobe accessible? Can they take what they need? how much stuff is in their wardrobe is there too much i would recommend only having two or three t-shirts two or three pairs of shorts or skirts or leggings or whatever it is they wear on their bottom half 
so that they have a very limited choice so that they don't go in there and get completely confused distracted and end up throwing everything on the floor which is what will happen um, if there's too much stuff there um, so the first thing is yeah make it accessible for them and this applies to everything but I'm just using an example of getting dressed so make it accessible for them what can they handle what really can they manage so they've gone in and they've chosen their their t-shirt and their shorts or whatever it whatever it might be and then they're going to need um, as part of this process uh, some some of your time to help them learn how to get dressed and they're going to need a lot of practice and the great thing is is that because it's all at their height they can have that practice if they want to get dressed eight times a day and change and dress and redress eight times a day they can that's fine it doesn't matter rather than having to ask you every time can I have this can I have that so again as I was saying before that removes the level of frustration if they've got what they need at their fingertips then they may need to come and ask you because they've got one arm stuck you know they do one sleeve and then the other one you know has gone around the back or something and they can't they can't manage that last bit um, but it's these little bits of help which we offer um, at a crucial moment if you like so that they can get to the next stage and with dressing that might be they've got one arm in and they can't get the other sleeve in they're stuck so we just sort of hold the sleeve out so they can push their arm through we don't take over and then finish the whole dressing and then put their shorts on and everything else we just give that tiny bit of help so they can still come away from that interaction of having that feeling I did it by myself um, that intrinsic sense of power that we can all get that we only get from achieving something from ourselves rather than external validation um, so yeah the, uh, in answer to the question like where do I start with a three-year-old it's really really exciting because they have so many skills age three they, um, I mean, I'm a bit biased because every age is exciting from, from naught to six is really exciting for me every age, but particularly a three-year-old because they are so capable, they can dress themselves, they um, obviously can feed themselves, they can prepare a lot of food actually, um, you know, the snack preparation, they can lay the table, they can water the plants, they can um, sweep and mop the floor, and all of these little things are available at their fingertips in your home so that they can just help themselves to what they need they they'll find their own flow and their own rhythm um, and you'll notice actually um as uh, as you start to change your environment that they that they get into their own that they get into their own rhythm so after breakfast they'll have an intense mopping session or something which is what my son does his thing is um uh, he'll he'll mop everywhere in the house after breakfast that's just his, his vibe at the moment um so that's uh so that's how we can we can support them and let me just see if i've got any more questions um oh and in terms of setting up the environment itself what's really really great is we don't necessarily have to do we don't have to do any formal instruction or teaching about this the best example we can set or the best thing we can do is just role model so once you have your basket of cloths and your spray bottle set up and once you have your dustpan and brush set up when you see a spill or some dust on the floor 
then you can just go over and use a dustpan and brush and pop it in the contents in the bin and do things for real because that's what they're going to be doing it for for real so it's not you don't need to tell them what to do just show them in a very very natural way and then you can put the cloth in uh, a little basket for dirty cloths or if it's close enough they can just put it straight in the washing machine or the linen basket um, so it's a very it's a very natural way it's not uh, I'm gonna do this and you're gonna do this and you're gonna copy me and that's how it's gonna work it's a very very natural way of being it's um, it's it's them being an active participant in home life and us just continuing with our flow and our rhythm of home life and then being part of that and through that they get this really beautiful intrinsic sense that they that they do belong and they know where their place is in in our world in their family in their world it's very it's something that can't i guess it's intangible it's certainly not measurable that's for sure it's just something that they it's something that they can that they can feel that's very very powerful and then us as parents or caregivers or educators when we're in the classroom we can see um, we can see our children rise up you know really really um, rise up in that way because they are developing this intrinsic sense of self um, so let me see if there's anything else in my questions that I had. And hello to anyone who's joined. And I just wanted to reiterate a couple of things. The first thing is the big secret about early childhood and particularly um, actually the whole of early childhood is that children want to do things for themselves, by themselves. They want to learn new skills. They don't want to be passive, they want to be active. This is part of their, um, this is part of our DNA, I guess. It's part of their inner guidance system. So um, all we need to do is set up the environment, um, let them see what we are doing, and then they will do the same when they are ready. And I hope, what are we doing timing-wise? I thought I was going to be about 20 minutes, and in true Charlotte style, I've been 25 minutes, and I've waffled a bit. Um, but I hope you'll forgive me, and I hope this gives you a small insight into enriching environments. And I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to do these um, regularly. Maybe this will be a Top Tip Tuesday feature, or maybe it can be something else. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions. If you're not already following me, then please do follow me and um, put your comments, um, send your comments and your requests and your messages to me. And thank you all for joining me. I feel really, really honoured that I've had so many people watching this morning for my first one. And um, I will is there anything else I need to say other than thank you so much bye bye friends I'm about to post my poem for today and I very much look forward to seeing you again soon bye bye